0: Listener Production. Hello, guys.
1: Hello.
0: We are here to introduce a greatest hits mm-hmm. episode because, as you know, we uh, got back from South Africa. So, no, I always just say it like <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. South Africa. South Africa, Africa. Uh, last week. So, we needed to have a little bit of a sleepy time rest and recuperation rest and recuperation um and so we're dropping another one of our faves from the back catalog mm,
1: roughly 2 years old this one
0: I remember actually exactly where I was sitting when you told me this story I was in Adelaide mm. and I was sitting on the floor in the hallway with a doona because that was the only place I had like soundproofing
1: uh-huh mm whereas I had just made it over the Queensland border and was on my way back up to Cape York Ah. for the second time. Uh, Yeah, just kicking off my second five-month stint in the Far North. That's
0: right, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Crazy times. Each
1: episode is like a little time capsule for us.
0: It is, and so many people have said going back through, because we have so many new listeners now who are going back and starting from the beginning, like, it is like a weird time capsule-esque thing us finding out about and then dealing with covid uh, and just hearing and like people say I want to go back and tell you no it's going to get really bad stop laughing about it. like <laughs> <laughs> Jacob it's real like <laughs> but then so it is strange isn't it like
1: <gasps> oh. having
0: all that just in, going
1: on that journey yeah. again. Yeah, thinking the lockdowns are over and then, oh, no, another one.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. Like we accidentally made a documentary mm. just about us <laughs> and how we were dealing with it.
1: <laughs> look, there are going to be university courses dedicated Truly. to the study of this <laughs> podcast at some point. But look, I remember where I was. Mm. I remember very little about this story except that it's a doozy.
0: It's a doozy. It's, it's yours. flapper. It's a tit flapper.
1: <laughs> Kill dozer. I, re- I
0: probably remember more than you.
1: Pro- potentially. Kill
0: dozer. Mm. A guy gets mad about like some kind of property dispute. Yes. And builds a, like he has an army tank mm-hmm. that he basically turns into a deadly weapon. Of mass destruction. Yes. And he is like locked inside this tank mm-hmm. And he can, he's got cameras and he basically goes through the entire town on a revenge rampage just literally crushing everything.
1: It is the ultimate mantra. Yes. He's a giant, giant man, baby. And the thing is this predates Y R men. We recorded oh. this episode months and months before why our men became an important part of the vernacular, but this <laughs> truly this <laughs> exemplifies. This is
0: a why YR are men. men. And this is one of those ones where you're like F men for constantly saying that women are too emotional and, but what if she gets her period? No, no, men Mm. are the emotional ones, this guy especially. I vaguely remember laughing a lot, imagining, because I was like, how fast does the tank go? And it goes like three kilometres an hour. Mm. So all these people were like running for their lives, but it's just going, "Mm
1: hmm, we need to republish some of that footage. (laughs) Um, So head to our Instagram to see some of that.
0: Yeah, it's a a really funny, weird, bizarro episode.
1: Yeah, we think you'll enjoy. Have fun. Ah,
0: ah, 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 (gasps) Take it away, my dulcet-toned Adonis.
1: Hello Gist and welcome back for another episode of Just The Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party and we are coming to you from the past. We are recording this
0: on
1: the 22nd of June. You'll probably be listening to this on, what, the 2nd of July? Um, But we're doing a bit of a pre-record this week because I'm going away up north.
0: So that means we won't be able to do, like, any breaking news, Mm -hmm. which makes me kind of worried, like, what if something massive happens? If, Between now and the 2nd of July.
1: So, if that's the case, we'll figure out something and we'll go ahead and insert breaking news here.
0: Uh, <laughs> or, or we just like come and do an episode of our nonsense while, like, World War Three has broken out and we're just like, la, 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 stupid stuff, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the world is burning <laughs> and we're just not mentioning it. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, we don't have a crystal ball. Just, we can't predict these things.
0: We're just not mentioning that, like, I don't know, uh, Queen Elizabeth died or something. Oh, <gasps> toy, 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 touch wood. God forbid. I just... But some, I just feel like whenever we don't do breaking news, like whenever we record early for whatever reason, I just feel like something big will happen, mm. you know. We're tempting fate.
1: We'll figure that out if that comes along.
0: Isn't that a narcissistic way of thinking, <laughs> oh, if I don't record breaking news, <laughs> if I am not on top of this, something big will happen in the world <laughs> If because just the gist wasn't there and to talk about it.
1: Where will the gistness be without our... Commentary on the culture <laughs> and the happenings of the world.
0: I love how we're acting like we would we would put important breaking news in breaking news anyway. <laughs> like our breaking news is always just like a weird thing happened in this small town to do with poo. <laughs> like our breaking news is never important. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: a rare moment of self-awareness from Rosie Waterland.
0: Uh, so it's your story this week, um, your JTG.
1: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: I'm going to relax.
1: I am serving you, JTG, of one of the most dramatic and destructive mantrums of all time, a man We love
0: those mm. mantras. A guy Mantis. in
1: Colorado lived out this very elaborate revenge fantasy by modifying a bulldozer turning it into an indestructible tank and then rampaging through his town, destroying anything that belonged to anyone that he considered to be <laughs> an enemy. It's the story that's most commonly known as the tale of the Killdozer. <laughs> Have you heard of this? Uh, no, I
0: haven't. When? When?
1: 2004.
0: Oh, recently. Relatively like, recently.
1: Uh, 17 years the ago. Way, but, mm,
0: the way... It, it kind of feels like it must have happened in the fifties, mm. like you know what I mean? The mm. way, okay, wow, two thousand four. Yep, I imagined him just like you know uh, bulldozing farm sheds and wooden <laughs> fences. No, it was modern times. Okay, <laughs> he flattened. He's like the town. bulldozing people's to- Toyota Corollas and such. Teslas. He's, okay. Yeah. Oi! Okay. Oh, tell me. Oh, I love a good manty.
1: So I have to give credit. This topic was suggested to us via our Instagram DMs from a fella called Braden. Thank you, Braden. This jumped to the top of my gist list immediately because I'd never heard of it before and it made me gasp and cackle so much. And then anyone that I mentioned it to also gasped and cackled uncontrollably because it's so outrageous and silly and I absolutely love it and I think you're all going to love it too. Yes. So. Picture a very small town in Colorado, USA called Granby. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Shit's Creek sort of vibes in the sense that everyone knows everyone. There were around mm-hmm. 1,500 people living there. Pretty sleepy little place. It's one of the coldest places in all of North America. Yeah,
0: I was going to ask. It's cold in Colorado, isn't it? Oh,
1: yeah, and there in yeah. particular, like it literally is um, first or second most ridiculously cold uncomfortable place on the continent nothing though had ever happened there to make global news ever until on june 4th 2004 this guy threw the biggest temper tantrum that had happened in the united states for a long time taking everyone (laughs) by surprise and making headlines all around the world so This rampage that came out of nowhere from everyone's perspective commenced at around 2 p.m. when this monstrous Mm. tank-looking thing that was once just a standard bulldozer burst out of the workshop where it had been modified in secret over the course of 18 months, just knocked right through the wall, and at this point...
0: uh, I'm sorry... Like in a movie, like where he doesn't even bother going through the Mm -mm. gate, just (laughs) through the wall. Just straight (laughs) through the wall.
1: And I think now's a good time for you to just do a quick little Google image search for Mm. Killdozer so that you've got an accurate image in your mind of what this beast of a machine looked like.
0: Whoa, It's (laughs) huge.
1: ridiculous. It's so
0: enormous. It's like a tank.
1: It genuinely is like a tank. And it uses.
0: Okay, I, I assume this is where the story is going, but there's footage of it like going down what looks like a freeway. Uh-huh. And it looks very, like a big bulldozer tank like that on a freeway. It looks a lot like the images of tanks in Tiananmen Square,
1: mm. like just
0: a huge tank in a, on a big empty road. Uh-huh weird. Okay. Yeah. Continue.
1: So it used to just be a standard piece of earth-moving equipment, but he turned it into this weapon of mass destruction covered in 20,000 kilograms worth of armour.
0: It looks a lot like um, for those who are our age, like a um, vehicle out of that old movie Tank Girl. Do you remember that?
1: Oh, yeah. Or
0: for people who live now... Mad Max Fury Road, Mm. you know, with Charlize Theron. It looks like one of those thrown together post-apocalyptic world in the desert, just Mm. a bunch of metal scraps made into a big vehicle Killer machine.
1: Yes, intended to look as threatening as possible.
0: Yes. So
1: the armour that you're looking at there, that's plating Mm. that went all over the cabin and the engine, that armour was kind Mm -hmm. of made like a sandwich. And the bread of the sandwich was steel that was four centimetres thick. And then the filling (gasps) of the sandwich was solid concrete. And in some sections, the entire sandwich was more than 30 centimeters thick. Like, this was serious hardcore armor.
0: I mean, I'm assuming he's a total psychopath, but don't you just wish you were smart enough to build something like that? Like, I find engineering and design so fascinating. Oh, he was. I could never do that. If I got skilled. angry enough that I wanted to bulldoze my town in revenge, I'd think about it for five minutes and go, well, I can't do that.
1: Yeah. But this guy has a Like Kim Kardashian
0: getting her law degree. <laughs> 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 Sorry, we just talked about that because we just recorded that episode before this one, if you remember from last week. But it's one of those things where I would go, that's just not my skill set. Mm. I can't do I can't build a killdozer.
1: Yeah. Well, it was Marv Heemeyer's skill set. He'd been an expert welder in the Air Force and then he owned his own muffler repair business. So, like, this was his field of expertise modifying Say his pieces name again? Of equipment. Marvin Hemeyer.
0: Marvin Hemeyer. What mm. a name. Mm. Okay, Marvin. So, he knows how to build cars and things.
1: Yeah. I mean, steel. He would. Constantly be modifying snowmobiles and what welding, but, yeah, all those things that
0: I- like that scene in Flashdance where she welds, yeah, that kind of thing along those lines, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you.
1: So he applied that expertise to this little revenge project. Like I said, he mm. worked on it for a year and a half and then burst the killdozer out of the building (laughs) that used to once upon a time be his very successful muffler repair business. And Mm -hmm. he had a lot of hate in his heart. He had a personal vendetta against pretty much everyone in the town and he had a plan to ruin their lives.
0: (sighs) Tell me about it. So off he went. I want to know.
1: Straight to the property next door, moving at a speed of about 10 kilometres per hour. Like this Wait, thing was Wait, but are you going to tell heavy, me why? But, oh, yes, definitely. And as I get oh, okay. through the victims, <laughs> we'll explain okay. why he hated each of them individually. I
0: was like, I want to know the petty grievances. <laughs> okay, you'll get to we those. We will. <laughs> That's going to be the best part.
1: On an individual basis, yes.
0: Yes,
1: okay. So target number one was the yeah. Mountain Park concrete factory. He immediately mm-hmm. flattened one of the small office buildings there. Marv hated the concrete factory. He never wanted it to be built next door to his muffler shop. Obviously, he lost that fight because there it was. He hated the guy who built it in the first place and he blamed the town council for letting him build it. Most of the grievances come back to the fact that this concrete factory existed at all because, I mean, there's all sorts of boring detail when it comes to zoning disputes and land ownership rights and whatnot, which is ultimately Wow, what it comes wow, wow. down to, yeah. but we won't get into that. The dispute had been going on for more than a decade and Marv would have just been thrilled to see Cody's building crumble and Cody knew immediately that it had to be Marv behind this because the two of them were enemies.
0: So this tank bulldozer is so strong it can knock over a building. Oh,
1: yeah, big ones, Yes. It's got so much force behind it with all that extra weight in particular that it could just knock over entire walls and that was the sort of strategy that Marv used with all the buildings that he took down. He would knock down the facade first, then he'd take down one of the side walls and then the entire thing would just collapse.
0: And then would he have to kind of reverse really slowly? Beep, 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 (laughs) beep and like. Do a three point turn yeah. and then go back in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, so go for it, Marv. A receptionist who is working <laughs> at a different business next door saw what was happening out of her front mm. window and immediately called 911, tried to help the operator understand what was going on and <laughs> reassure them. This was not a God. prank call. There was actually a homemade tank <gasps> demolishing the concrete plant and, oh, look at that. Cody Dochev, the owner of the concrete plant, was now outside shooting at the <gasps> thing attacking his building with a little small pistol and, sure enough, he... Had what would done it do? Exactly. Oh, it did nothing. The yeah, bullets just bounced the, off like they were pieces of popcorn.
0: That's the genius of a giant tank bulldozer. Mm. Who, who can stop you?
1: <laughs> no one, as we will come right, to discover. Okay. So the killdozer just moved on to the next building in the concrete plant, knocked the walls down, the roof collapsed. Cody and his crew on site frantically tried to shove big metal rods into the treads of the dozer to try to stop it. Uh, That didn't work. The treads just chewed the rods up and spat them out. So then Cody, who was in his 90s, tried to- (gasps) What? Yeah.
0: His name's Cody. I assumed he was like a 23-year-old Stoner, mm. Who's called Cody in their 90s?
1: He was a Bulgarian immigrant. What? I know. It must have been a Cody's nickname. Cody's the
0: name of a surf bro <laughs> frat boy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's re- I'm recalibrating in my brain. Mm. Cody is 90. Picture okay. a very old we weathered
1: man in a flannelette shirt with a trucker cap <laughs> on and he tried to climb on top of the dozer. However, Marv... Mm had thought a few steps ahead and he'd greased up the entire dozer with lubricant so it was impossible (laughs) to get a grip anywhere. That is
0: so smart. (laughs) I was like spikes but no why would you bother with spikes just grease it up. Yeah
1: just get some vaso on there Um, and so Cody kept trying to climb and he'd just keep slipping off. So then Cody decided he would have to fight off the Killdozer with one of his own big boy toys, so he went and got his big front end loader and he drove it at the Killdozer as fast as he could. What's a
0: front end loader?
1: It's like one of the Lifty machines. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I get it. I'm um,
1: Doing a scooping action with my hands.
0: All my knowledge of... What you're describing comes from when Muhammad used to watch Bob the Builder. So okay. I I know from that which one you mean. Okay. Yes.
1: So getting it ten kilometers per hour, he just ran <laughs> at the killdozer and of course he just bounced right off it.
0: Yeah, of course. It's like that scene in Austin Powers where the steamroller is going towards the man and he's like, no, 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 and it's going so slow, so comical. It's kind of like
1: this entire incident when you watch footage, (laughs) like all of it is happening in such slow motion, but they're just so powerless to do anything to stop it. Yeah, because
0: it's just so huge and indestructible.
1: Yeah. Then Cody thought he might be able to flip the killdozer onto its side Ooh. if he tried getting leverage under it with his sc- yeah. goopy thingy. All he did, though, was sort of lever up the back of his own vehicle a few metres up oh, into no. the air. And so then when his vehicle crashed back to the ground, it knocked Cody entirely unconscious inside of the oh, cabin. Oh, stop of it. The impact. Oh, no. And so the killdozer just kept knocking down the concrete plant and then, a cop finally arrived he couldn't believe what he was seeing and he didn't really know what to do so he called for backup and then got out of his car and tried yelling at the dozer demanding that it stop in the name of the law. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: old man yells (laughs) at cloud. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, And then the yelling didn't work so then he tried shooting the killdozer with his rifle and that of course didn't even dent the shell at all. More cops then arrived on the scene in response to the call I'm already
0: exhausted and we're only at the first place. (laughs) There's
1: so much more to come.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. And the cops are following from this. I thought maybe he'd get to a few places before the cops got onto it. No, they're there from the start.
1: Oh, yeah. And by now he's probably been already going for about 15, 20 minutes because, you know, the speed at which this thing moves, pretty limited.
0: This is pretty subtly genius, to be honest. This is... He, Gee, this is smart.
1: I'll say it here. Marv was a jerk, but he was very clever and very mm. skilled. Total yeah, okay. asshole, but like he yeah. built this thing so perfectly and he thought of everything. When the cops showed up, the killdozer sent a very direct message to the cops that they were not to meddle. There were three very high-powered guns set up around the killdozer, and they started mm. firing warning shots near the cops to warn them that this was a fully equipped war machine. Didn't hurt any of the cops, luckily, and then a few shots went off near Cody, which woke him up out of his little coma. He saw that the damage had been done. His concrete plant was completely gone, so he ran over to the yeah. cops and told them he was certain that this was the work of Marv Hemeyer and he must be up in the hills somewhere around the town controlling the thing via remote control.
0: Oh! I thought he was inside it.
1: Well, he was, but they didn't think he was at that point (gasps) because there are no windows in the armour, you might have noticed. So how would
0: he see? Yeah. They
1: had no idea, but he had five cameras rigged up around the perimeter of the tank and he was sitting inside watching everything through monitors that he had set up.
0: He Mm. is a diabolical genius. Really
1: and truly. And this is how much he'd thought about it. The cameras were protected by bulletproof glass 10 centimeters thick. And each of those cameras also had a pressurized air gun set up in front of it so that if dust or debris started to block the glass, <gasps> he could use air to blow it away so that his visibility wasn't compromised.
0: He has legit thought of everything. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. He even installed air conditioning inside so that he'd be nice and comfortable yeah, I was throughout the say. rampage. Mm. I was
0: going to say, is he sweating his ass off? No, he installed air conditioning.
1: A- and he brought snacks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what snacks do you know?
1: <laughs> I'm guessing beef jerky, but no, I didn't get into Oh, that. Not,
0: not some like triple cream brie, some crackers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think he was more of a Doritos um, kind of guy.
0: Doritos, yeah. What do they have in the US? Uh, cool Ranch Doritos. Mm,
1: yeah, that feels and like Bud his Light. Lane. Yeah.
0: <sighs> right? Mm.
1: Oh, yeah, he probably had a couple of beers. I should probably give you a bit of a description of him so you've got a mental image of Marv Heemeyer. 53 years old, classic Mm -hmm. boomer, wore Birkenstocks with socks and wraparound sunnies.
0: I I wear Birkenstocks with socks. That's kind of hipster now.
1: Is it hipster or is it chuggy?
0: No, uh, maybe it's chuggy. I wear Gorman socks because... Socks are the only thing Gorman makes that fits me and my I wear Gorman socks, my black Birkenstocks and like, that's what I wear on the weekend. Like when I'm going to the shops, like with, you know, my athleisure wear with tights and a jumper or whatever.
1: I'm not going to comment. So (laughs)
0: look, look, when was this? Did you say 2004? So back then it was daggy. Now it's kind of hipster. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Don't. Don't judge, okay?
1: Okie dokie. Well, he was definitely doing it, non-ironically, and certainly wasn't yes. any sort of fashion choice. Really, it was just uh-huh. for comfort with him.
0: Oh, did he wear? Did he wear um, uh, Oakley Sunnies? The wraparound Oakley Sunnies? Yes,
1: with those yes. neoprene necklace things uh, that mean no. that you can like hold it around your neck.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm loved totally picturing him to wear
1: a floral Hawaiian shirt when he was posing in oh. photos with big guns and big bullets and dead he's, fish.
0: I feel like I don't even have to ask, but he's super white, isn't he? He's a white guy.
1: Yes, he was, and everyone in the town was. It is the most homogenous yeah, town okay. I've ever seen. Um,
0: um, So super white, and is he like um, kind of looks like he's been in like uh, very straight-laced, probably been in the army, probably you know, if he has kids, like, makes them stay outside in the cold as punishment for, you know, if he has a son and he wants to do ballet, he's like, no. Like the dad in Billy Elliot but who doesn't turn nice in the end.
1: Oh, definitely that kind of aesthetic. He was never married and he never had kids, but you're spot on. He oh, was in the surprising. Air Force, so he had, uh, did yeah. have that sort of disciplined military background. Um, yeah. And, yes, you know, very short silver hair and a short uh, silver yes,
0: beard. Buzz- yeah. Mm. Is he kind of red-faced, like he's white but always looks a bit weathered, sunburned and yeah. angry? Weathered, weathered's mm. a good way of putting it. Yeah. Gotcha, Yeah.
1: Also, no surprises, he was a Scorpio. This whole revenge plot had (laughs) such Scorpio energy. Scorpios, as we know, hold a grudge and take vengeance like no other sign. I was
0: going to say, you know how you always read terrible things about like so-and-so flipped out and murdered his entire family or so-and-so, you know, snapped and took revenge and went on a shooting and you go and look at the photo and you're like, yeah, not surprised. Mm. Like, is that how he looks? He just looks like you'd go, yep, I can see that. Yep, mm. Yeah.
1: It tracks, yeah.
0: Yeah, it tracks.
1: So uh, Marv finished demolishing his enemy Cody's concrete plant and everyone at the scene hoped that this was the end of it, that he'd demolished his enemy's entire business and world um, and yeah. that it was all over. But no, 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 Marv was just warming up. He started firing at all of the cops' cars again to get all the cops out of the way so that he could then rampage directly at the cops' cars and just roll over the top of them as he headed <gasps> off into the main <laughs> part of town. This was just He's- the beginning.
0: He's literally built a war machine. Like the fact Mm. that he's inside with no visibility except from cameras, but he can control guns Mm -hmm. and aim them with precision.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like that is a war machine. No
1: kidding. This thing is a tank. Like, we'll keep calling it a dozer or a killdozer from time to time, but it is a tank.
0: It's a tank. Mm. And I bet because he's white, he doesn't get charged with terrorism. But this is essentially an act of terrorism. It he was, has built a
1: war machine. Yeah, it was classified as an act of terrorism. Oh, good. Which means a okay. lot of the people that you're going to hear about end up penniless because they didn't have insurance for acts of terrorism specifically. <gasps> oh,
0: no. Mm. Okay.
1: All right. And Marv possibly knew that. Anyway. So he runs
0: over the police cars and off he goes. And the
1: cops, they were just powerless to do anything. So they just followed along on foot because they didn't have their cars anymore. (laughs) It's (laughs) really
0: fun. Like every two seconds I want to start laughing at the visual, (laughs) but like... It's going slow enough that the police can follow it on foot, but it's like futile. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Throw a rock at it? Uh, yeah. Like what are you gonna do? And
1: they're not even like walking at a brisk pace. Briskly. They're walking they're just very slowly. But they're like just,
0: a funeral possession. Yeah.
1: They've pointlessly also got their guns, <laughs> guns pointed at the dozer.
0: What are you gonna do? Knowing that there's nothing
1: that they could do. <laughs> But
0: I'm dying. Okay.
1: As Marv drove past a building, one of the officers managed to get up onto the roof of that building and then jump onto the roof of the tank. Mm. And while he was up there, and,
0: and the lube didn't slip him off,
1: mm-hmm. he was up there for a surprising amount of time, trying to find a way to get inside, but he couldn't find yep. an entry point at all because Marv had welded himself inside <gasps> when he got in there. What? Mm he wanted to make sure there was absolutely no way anyone could get in and thwart him
0: but you said there's air conditioning which means there has to be an outside vent
1: mm-hmm. and when the cop found that vent he started shooting bullets in there but <gasps> oh! that had absolutely no effect there was some sort of oh defense system set up in there it reached a point where one of the cops who was down on the ground said, try some flashbang grenades, which are just oh, things yeah, that make yeah. a loud noise and a bright spark. He started throwing them down the air vent. Even that didn't work. All the cops who were flanking the killdozer kept yelling up different suggestions, but none of them worked because Marvett anticipated he had thought of everything. everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: He had thought of everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Then. It's
0: so, okay, I know you're saying Then. But imagine if you were someone in the town who had wronged Marvin in some way Mm. and you're like, I know he's coming for me, but you can't stop it. Like he's going to get here in 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, and he will come and Mm -hmm. he will run over my house and you can't, it's a tank. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, like, Very slowly waiting to be attacked. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah. What can you do? I know.
1: Until he got into town, though, not a lot of people knew that this was going on. So the first people that were caught by surprise were working at the Mountain Park Electric Building. And Marv got there and just completely demolished it. Why did he demolish it? He didn't like one of the guys who worked there. That guy's name oh was Dick God. and Dick was on the town council and Dick had voted for the concrete plant. The concrete plant, okay. Yes. So right. that business had to go. Then next door, Maple Street Builders. He knocked that completely flat. Why? Because <gasps> the owner of that business, a guy called George, had declined to sign Marv's petition against the concrete plant being built. What? That was his <laughs> only grievance, but it was enough to just completely destroy George's income and livelihood. Uh, 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 I'm yeah. just
0: uh, like, how it makes you kind of think if I s- step out in the world tomorrow. I should just be careful to not ever wrong anyone Mm. because you never know who's going to be a Marv. What's his name? Heimeyer. Hi Heimeyer. And just snap. And he comes and one day 10 years from now, a tank is approaching your house, and you're like, What is happening? And the man inside says, I approached you on the street one day, and you didn't sign my petition. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it just makes you think, I got to just be kind to everyone always because you never know who is a psycho.
1: Sign every petition, Jisners. It's a precautionary every petition measure. always. At this point, 911 operators started doing reverse calls to call all of the people who lived in the town and they told them, you need to shelter inside because there's a madman on the loose, (laughs) which is such a genius thing to tell people to stay inside the buildings that are quite likely to be demolished by the guy who's going around demolishing buildings.
0: Exactly. The one weapon you have is that you can walk faster than the tank. (laughs) So do not shelter inside a building. (laughs) Get out on the street. Run. You don't even have to run. Walk. Walk at a brisk pace and you'll be safe.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Thankfully, not a lot of people took it notice of that suggestion from the emergency services. Mm. Instead, the rampage started to draw a big crowd because everyone obviously (laughs) wanted to see what was going on. So there was this group of people just walking around on foot, open-mouthed, watching as Marv's killdozer just (laughs) systematically just... Destroyed the town they lived in.
0: Does he have a little trail like the Pied Piper? Like Pretty people who's walking behind? Yes.
1: It's the killdozer, oh It's the cops on either side, and then it's just looky lose coming along. Oh my up the god!
0: Rear. Like when OJ Simpson uh, was in the white Bronco chase when he mm. took off in the car. And people started lining the side of the highway because they knew he was coming and, like, (laughs) lining up on the overpasses because they were like, oh, he's 10 minutes away. Let's run out there and wave when he goes past. It's our chance
1: to be part of history. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then Marv went off to take down the town hall and they were a pretty obvious target <gasps> for him. They were the ones yeah. who he believed had been trying to suppress him and his business, which I mean his business was actually very, very successful. He just didn't get what he wanted because the concrete plant was built and that made things just slightly more challenging for him in certain ways.
0: Right. So it didn't put him out of business. Not it just, at all.
1: No. But it was
0: just a it was one white straight man not getting his way once. yes. Made him lose his mind. You know what I'm going to say. Gender dynamics. Why are men? Okay, you may continue.
1: So, okay, he was angry about the concrete plant. He also felt it was very unfair that he started getting fines for not being connected to the sewage system, which...
0: Wait. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's not connected to the sewage system.
1: Yep. And this was something that he had got away with for more than a decade. He'd had his business Uh in Granby for 13 years. He'd never been connected to the sewage system and the council knew it, but they sort of turned a blind eye until he kicked up this fuss with the concrete plant and then it sort of thrusted into the spotlight and they couldn't ignore it anymore. So they had to start fining him for the fact that, do you want to know what he was doing?
0: Yeah, no, I was going to say, may I ask why? What was mm. his alternative?
1: He had a giant cement mixer on the premises and he filled uh, up the tank uh, of the cement mixer with all of the effluent that he and his clients uh, deposited <laughs> and then when it reached the point that it was full enough, he would go and empty it into a storm water drain and that <gasps> is an incredibly hazardous thing. To be Yeah, doing, that right? is so
0: selfish. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally disgusting. But they didn't force and him to connect to the sewage line because it was going to be too expensive, $80,000.
0: Oh, okay, I was going to ask yeah, like, what kind of cost will it be? But, I mean, that is just a cost of being a person in the world. Mm. Like, sorry. Yep. You can't just shit in the middle of the street. You can't just... Fill up a bucket and then go pour it wherever you want.
1: Mm-hmm. So they were fining him $100 a day and he thought that that was very unfair. So the town hall had to go. And do you think he cared that downstairs at the town hall was the town library and that there were maybe children inside?
0: No, he didn't care. Of course he he didn't didn't care. care.
1: No. And, in Mm -hmm. fact, there were kids who were in the library that were luckily evacuated just minutes Mm. before he got there and started smashing he completely leveled the town hall, destroyed the kids' playground outside and if you can believe it, the cop who was on top of the dozer was still up there when most of this <gasps> happened. Still. He had been along for the ride for almost all of this time, just shooting Wow-z's. bullets into what he thought might be potential weak spots in the armour but he'd run out of bullets and it was time just to get slipping, down now. <laughs>
0: sliding on the lube yes. and, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: Then the next target was the police station. Marv did not like the cops; they were part of the establishment that was trying to suppress him. So, smashy, smashy, goodbye, police station.
0: He lit. He, he, he just bulldozed the police station. Correct. Yes, that is truly a sign
1: that
0: resistance is futile. He is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I am dying to know how they stop him. I'm dying. Okay, keep going.
1: I won't. He spoil literally it
0: yet. took out the police station. Yes,
1: he did. And then oh off he went God. to the bank and Marv-,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Marv hated the bank because this one time in 2003 mm. he was trying to pay the fine that I was discussing before about the, the sewage, sewage fine. Yeah. with a cheque. He'd made out the cheque to the cowards and liars department in the recipient field. <laughs>
0: oh, God, I hate him so much. Mm-hmm. He is definitely um, an incel. He's definitely one of those guys who he's not married and he doesn't have kids and he thinks it's because women are stupid sluts who only want to date Brad Pitt.
1: He had a girlfriend for a while because that was my first thought. I was like, he definitely has to be an incel. But when you watch the documentary that I'll explain later on, you hear from his long-term girlfriend. They had broken up at this point. And when it comes to the never getting married, never having kids thing, he believes that God intended that he never get married or have kids so that he could complete this holy mission that he was on.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Sounds like
0: the Unabomber which is also
1: on my gist list. Oh, I can't wait for that because I know nothing about it. Um, Yeah, that's a lot like him, yeah. So it wasn't a problem that he'd used cowards and liars in the recipient field. The problem was that when he'd written the cheque and – I've never had to write a check, but I am sort of familiar with the concept. I know that you have to Mm. write the amount in digits as well as in words. Mm. And he wrote it so that the digits didn't match the words. And the bank had called him up and said, Mr. Heemeyer, we're so sorry, but we need you to come back in and correct the error on your check if you wouldn't mind. And that was enough to piss him off, so the bank (laughs) had to go.
0: So he wouldn't.
1: (laughs) So uh, bank smashed. Next stop.
0: Bank smashed.
1: The local newspaper office, Sky High News.
0: <laughs> now, He's just hitting up every important place. Mm-hmm,
1: most of the staff were still there inside the building. The editor of the newspaper, Patrick Brower, was watching out the window as the killdozer came down his street mm-hmm. and he didn't think that there was any chance that they would be a target because they had run free publicity for Marv's muffler business But Mm -hmm. Patrick realised pretty quickly he was entirely wrong because the killdozers started charging directly at them. So Patrick (laughs) yelled to all of his colleagues, evacuate. They managed to get out of the back doors of the building seconds before Marv started smashing in the facade of it and he wiped the place out (gasps) completely.
0: Tell me the petty grievance.
1: Well, when the paper wrote (laughs) about Marv's court cases to try to stop the construction of Cody's concrete plant, Marv did not find the articles to be especially flattering when they wrote about him. So the paper had to go. (laughs) They hadn't said glowing things about his fight against the concrete plant. So smashy, smashy. Also- Smashy, smashy. Marv hated Patrick personally because one time Marv had rented his truck to Patrick and he told Mm. Patrick up front there were problems with the engine or something. Mm. The truck was returned to Marv in the exact same condition that it was rented with the exact same engine problems. But Marv suddenly started pretending that the engine problems had never existed until Patrick rented it, blamed Patrick Mm. for the damage, demanded $800 compensation from Patrick or threatened Mm. to sue him. Blatant extortion and Patrick thought, Mm. okay, I'm just going to do the easy thing. I'm just going to give him the $800, paid that ridiculous unnecessary fee Even still, though, Marv got exactly what he wanted but still hated Patrick. So Patrick had to be punished.
0: But he paid.
1: Right? This guy was so unreasonable. He's a nutter. He's a nutter. Absolutely. And he was far from done. Once he'd finished with Sky High News, he then started smashing all of the cars in the car park outside, doing as much damage as possible.
0: Seriously, though, there truly is nothing more dangerous than a man with a huge ego who feels that he has been wronged mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It mm-hmm. is
1: scary. Yep. And, I mean, the thing is he was the only person really that was getting in his way at any point. Mm. Like he was his own yeah, worst which enemy. which is
0: always the case. Which mm. is always the case. Yeah.
1: Like if he didn't have friends and he wasn't embraced in the community, it's because he did shit like what he did to Patrick. And, yeah. like Absolutely was his own worst enemy. The police, they were just trying to do what they could do and Mm. they just kept attempting bigger and bigger guns with bigger and bigger bullets, but no matter how big the gun or the bullet, they would just bounce off the tank like foam Nerf missiles
0: while
1: (laughs) Marv headed off to take down his least favourite family in the world, Mm. the Thompsons. Marv absolutely despised the Thompsons because they were the richest family in town. They owned a lot Mm. of land. They owned a few businesses in town and they had quite a lot of power. Mr Thompson Senior had been the town mayor for a while before he died And Marv truly believed that they were the leaders of the cabal of people that were trying to suppress him and keep him down and stop things from going (laughs) his way. Why did he believe it was them? Because they were Catholics. And he believed that all Catholics were evil and that they had something against people like Marv, who was an evangelical type.
0: Oh, God.
1: So Marv got to the Thompson family home and smashed it to pieces. Might have killed Mrs. Thompson, who was in her mm. 90s, who had oh, been no. asleep just minutes before the cops came and evacuated her because they could tell that the Thompson house was going to be the next target.
0: Jeez Louise. Then
1: Marv went next door, destroyed one of the Thompsons' businesses and by this point just about everyone in town was there to watch plus all the news crews had arrived, helicopters were buzzing around and transmitting the footage to the world. So a lot of people around the globe were watching live because this was such a crazy story. So people were watching as this killed those of this giant tank, which was by this point covered in debris and bricks and stuff, <laughs> yeah. is just slowly moving around the town, taking out building after building, while the cops were still there trying to shoot it with these giant guns and it just had for, zero for impact. Wait,
0: so I feel comfortable continuing to laugh. Does anyone die?
1: No one Am outside of to- the tank dies.
0: Ah, okay. So I can keep laughing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. 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 Okay.
1: We call <laughs> okay, it. This the, is funny. Yeah. I think the reason that it's called Killdozer is just because it's, you know, it's a buzzy, catchy sort of word. Sure.
0: I mean, he welded himself in. So I wasn't expecting things were. He. I don't think he was expecting a, 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 satisf- a satisfactory end yeah. for himself. But okay. Let's keep going. He knew uh, he was coming. Just as never long as no. Out. As long as no little old ladies die and then I feel bad that I've been laughing for the last 30 minutes. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I
1: wouldn't have presented this story in this way if that were the case. Okay, good. So then Marv started heading to the outskirts of town. There was a business that he wanted to take out that he wasn't happy with because they ran the business on land that they rented from the Thompsons. And Marv targeted a few businesses that he just was pissed off about the fact that they were renting the land from the Thompsons oh and thereby God, supporting just, the Thompsons.
0: But you just rent land that is there to be rented. What do yeah. you? Mm. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah.
1: He also, with this particular company, which was a propane company, felt that it was unfair mm-hmm. that they charged him standard $40 fees whenever they had to come out to his property. And that was another reason he had a big vendetta against them. Marv mm-hmm. got to the property, and on that space, they stored these giant tanks of highly flammable, highly explosive propane gas outside, mm. like just out in the open. These giant things, like twice the length of a bus, and Marv.
0: Well, they do that on properties, don't they? That yeah. I mean, I assume that's a just a country it's town. It's a standard thing practice. A, yeah,
1: yeah. Marv positioned the tank and started firing very big bullets at the very big <gasps> tanks to make from his very big gun. That was his intent. Yes, he wanted to blow the big tanks up, cause maximum damage. Had he been successful, anything in a two-kilometre radius would have just been blasted away, probably <gasps> except <gasps> for the killdozer.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you just say two kilometre? Two
1: kilometres. That's how big the blast would have been because there were multiple tanks and if he'd got what? one to explode, they all would have gone. They
0: all. <gasps> yeah. So a lot of people would have, all the police around it. Every... Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh.
1: And, I mean, just to paint a picture of how bad a tragedy this could have been, there was a nursing home next door and a trailer mm. park next door full of people who had not yet been evacuated. But luckily... He'd screwed up this one particular element of the design of the death machine so the bullets weren't firing exactly the way he wanted from the particular gun that he was shooting from. And so he ended up just getting frustrated, gave up on blowing up the propane tanks and headed back into town, (gasps) thankfully. That is lucky. Oh, very, yes. I mean, it could have just been one bullet and the entire place would have been a crater. The governor of Colorado heard about what was going on and, in I can only assume a blind panic, gave the go ahead to summon the National Guard to use Apache helicopters armed with Hellfire missiles to destroy the killdozer. And
0: well, but I mean, you say blind panic, but what else are they meant to do? How else do you stop
1: it? You really have to understand the blast radius of the missile that they were planning to fire at the dozer though because it would have caused significantly more damage than Marv had done and was probably capable of doing. So it was very short-sighted thinking. It was sort of their only option, like this is the only artillery left Available to us that we haven't already tried. So let's yeah. give it a crack. But it would have been really bad if they've been able to follow through with that plan. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But he gave the go ahead. So they started arranging that. In the meantime, the local crew there on the ground tried parking another type of giant earth mover in Marv's path. And this was a piece of machinery like three times the length of the kill dozer but the Killdozer just swatted it off like a bug, yeah. like a shuttlecock in a game of badminton and kept on dozing.
0: <laughs> because he had specifically made it with like inches thick steel mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like a regular earth mover's is going to do nothing. Mm-hmm.
1: And you can see It doesn't footage. matter how much
0: bigger it is. It's- <gasps> what? Oh, yeah.
1: There's footage of all of this because the helicopters were recording everything uh, as they're buzzing yeah. around. So you can watch everything all of the footage of this <gasps> as it happened.
0: Oh, my God.
1: He got back into town taking out lampposts and fire hydrants mm. and post boxes, cars, trees, everything, heading for Gamble's appliance store. He hated the owner of Gamble's Appliance Store, Casey, because Casey was also on the town council and he also voted to approve the concrete plant. So Marv Mm -hmm. used his usual favourite method, took out the facade and then rolled down the side, (gasps) taking out the entire wall. But this time he didn't realise that inevitably he was going to end up driving over the top of the basement of the store which is what <gasps> happened. So then the right-hand tread of the dozer was suddenly just whirring in midair, couldn't gain purchase yeah. on anything. And so after two hours of rampaging around the town, demolishing everything, he was suddenly stuck. And he fought against so he's the, for about so a minute. So
0: basically he's, let me just get this right in my head. So he's um, moving forward across the ground mm-hmm but then the basement is under the ground and the floor falls through. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden he's like he's hanging over a cliff. Exactly. The back half of the tank is still on the ground, but the front half of the, tack, of, of the tank is hanging over an empty space yep. because that's where the
1: basement is. That's so right. So he's
0: stuck. Yep. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yep, it. yep. yep, okay. It'd
1: be like if a car lost the two wheels on the... Right-hand yeah. side of it, like he was going absolutely nowhere. And he resisted okay. for about a minute, just crunching all the different gears and trying mm. to get it back into action, make it mobile again, then realised it was futile and just turned the machine off. And mm. the cops expected at this point that there would be some sort of gunfight, showdown, so they all mm. retreated and sought shelter, waiting for the. Mer- Marv to emerge and continue on with his rampage, but he didn't come out. So they tentatively approached the killdozer and as they got closer, I'm literally
0: I'm on the edge of my seat.
1: Oh my god! A few of them heard what they thought was a gunshot coming from inside (gasps) the dozer. Um, Mm -hmm. and they thought that they could put together what might have happened, but they were still very cautious. They thought Marv might pull some sort of kamikaze move and just blow the whole thing up. Maybe the entire thing was a
0: bomb. I was going to say the whole thing might be a bomb. Mm. Like, you don't know. Yeah.
1: The Apache helicopter was thankfully called off at this point and the SWAT team was sent in. They got there and tried to blast open the dozer with explosives Each of the bombs that they used did nothing more than just leave a mild stain on the cladding. (laughs) They tried three different bombs, each bigger than the one before it, did nothing. Finally, they brought in this special cutting torch to get inside, but it took them 10 hours to cut through (gasps) the steel and the concrete and create a hole in the top of the dozer. They then sent in a remote-controlled device with a camera to scout out the inside of the vehicle because they assumed it had probably been booby-trapped and so they weren't willing to risk sending anyone inside. And once they did get that robot inside, they were able to confirm that Marv Mm. indeed was in there and that he'd taken his own life by gunshot. Um, And they confirmed that about 12 hours after the rampage began. Wow. So after the whole incident was done, Marv's brother handed over a bunch of audio tapes to the FBI that he found in Marv's home. And they were oh, homemade recordings it. that Marv had made and they explain in painful detail why he believed he had to do what he did. You can listen to those tapes if you want to. They go for uh, more than no, two and you. a half hours. Um, they're available on YouTube. And if you were to listen, what would probably mm. strike you the most is what struck me the most His unbridled narcissism. He Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Oh.
0: And that's what makes me go immediately go, I don't want to listen to that because Mm -mm. what he wanted was for everyone to listen to it, you know. It's like, no, F you. Mm -hmm. No, no, thank you. Yeah.
1: Like just fully had main character syndrome to an extreme Mm -hmm. degree. He believed that everyone in the town was fixated on trying to Get him. Like he just thought Mm. that he was the centre of everyone's universe. Also believed that all of this was God's will and that Marv was a special chosen vessel for God's divine power and God had brought him to Granby to complete God's special special mission. Mm. I mean, he truly was, a you probably piece this together, a religious nut. And yeah, like he goes on and on about how he says it was, God that made this bulldozer available to him to purchase yeah, sure. in the first place and it was Yeah,
0: that's what God's concentrating on.
1: Mm-hmm. God <laughs> yeah. made sure that the dozer just mm-hmm. fit it was just the right size to fit inside his mm. muffler shop. And he also says that if God didn't want this to happen, he would have stopped me at some point. But no, God gave me the idea mm. to do this. And then...
0: Well, by that logic, if God didn't want abortions to happen, then he would have stopped those. But mm-hmm. I guess it only works when it applies to things that you want, That's doesn't right. it, white straight men?
1: Mm. <laughs> The logic that he used as well was that he would play the lotto every week thinking that if God didn't want him to do this, then God would make him win lotto so then he didn't feel the need to complete this mission ever again.
0: Oh, my God. That's the
1: level of delusion that we're dealing with here. He also goes into a lot of detail about every grievance that he has with every person in town. And the funny thing is a lot of people have taken that on face value. There are thousands of people who believe Marv's side of the story. They see him as someone who took on the man and won. He's kind of become this blue-collar folk hero to anti-government types. They see him as the David who beat the Goliath. And they consider him to be a reasonable man who was just pushed too far and had no choice but to do an unreasonable thing, which is exactly how he saw himself. And he sort of (laughs) developed this following, this fan club of people who completely agree with him.
0: But that feels the same as like there are so many uh, shooters, like in the US, mass shooters who I won't name because they have a rule now that you don't name them because that's what they want, Mm. who have massive online followings of people who are like, yeah, he never got a girlfriend, girls were mean to him, I totally get it, or Mm. yeah, life sucked for him, so like I totally am behind his thing. And to be honest, it is generally straight white men Mm. who have found that life hasn't worked out the way that they wanted And toxic masculinity has made them feel like there's only one way to be a man and they have struggled to be that kind of man Mm -hmm. and so they have felt less than and then they have blamed the world for that Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of men in their wake who then look at them and go, I get it because I Mm -hmm. feel that way too and the only way to solve this shitty way I feel is to hurt other people.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. So I like the fact that he has people who – are looking at him as a folk hero, it's like, well, if people look at mass shooters as folk heroes, then yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did something way more cool. And ex- I'm surprised I haven't heard of this, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, because he kind of really went out in a blaze of glory, if that's how you want to look at it.
1: Yes. Mm. Uh, so once... The dust had finally settled and the cops had sort of figured out exactly what had happened. They broke the killdozer down into very small scrap parts and sold it off with various different um, sellers to make sure that people didn't know where and when it was being sold because they didn't want people erecting a shrine to Marv Heemeyer because Uh, they knew that there were going to be people who started worshipping him. A lot of people, like I said, their homes, their cars, their businesses were destroyed. They didn't have insurance. Yeah, and, so, and in such
0: a small town, it would have felt like half the town was destroyed. Like it would have felt monumental. yeah. Yeah.
1: You can see there are videos on YouTube where they do tours of the town today and you can see some of the buildings have been rebuilt, some of them were just completely demolished and some of the damage is still there today, 17 years later. Mm. And, you know... No one was killed, but Mm. a lot of people's lives became very difficult for the years afterwards. So Marv really was just a selfish jerk who was destructive and violent because things didn't go his way and then he gave the responsibility Mm. for that to his God rather than owning it for himself. He's disgusting. Yeah. If you would like to know more, there's this really good documentary called Tread that came out in 2019. It's available on Netflix US. If you happen to have a VPN, it's also available on <laughs> cough, YouTube. Cough, cough. <laughs> yes. Is that illegal?
0: It To have a VPN where you access content that is not licensed to Australia, it, technically, yes, it's illegal because the people who made that are not getting when when something gets licensed to our country, they get paid for that. Uh-huh. And so if we are watching it outside of that, then, you know, it's just as someone who creates work that I rely on people paying for, I try to pay for everything when I possibly can. But there are some things in Australia that it is bizarre to me that the US thinks Australia doesn't matter and mm-hmm. we don't need to see it and they don't license their content to us. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I have a VPN. Oh, I'm about to get arrested. I have a <laughs> VPN that I use to access US content, but only if I have exhausted every other avenue of trying to pay for something, if I can. Mm-hmm. But um, there are some things that I don't know why, They're just not available in Australia. I'm like, you idiots, we will pay you for it. We want it, Mm -hmm. but you are not giving me the option to pay for it. So I have to go and watch it in a different way, which I wish I didn't have to, but anyway, yes. Yes. So VPNs are uh, iffy, Mm -hmm. iffy, but you know what? I still think as an artist, you would prefer people to access your work than not at all. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a larger conversation, <laughs> but yes, mm-hmm. tread, tread,
1: tread. Yes, which I'm sure they wanted to call it Killdozer, but there was already a sci-fi movie from 1974 called of
0: Killdozer, <laughs> which we awesome.
1: need to watch at some point. It's about a bulldozer <laughs> that's possessed by aliens who came to Earth <laughs> on a comet <laughs> and they force <laughs> this dozer to hunt and kill all the members of the construction crew on the site where it's been stationed. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they couldn't call okay, it killdozer. Cool. They called it tread. Um, the first part of it is quite lengthy. Imagine,
0: Okay, imagine going from killdozer to tread. Mm, yeah. You could have gone from killdozer to I don't know. <laughs> the killdozer that could. Yeah, you know what like killdoz you like oh well, if we can't have killdozer, mm. then we'll go tread. <laughs> you could have done something as awesome as killdozer. Okay, anyway, mm. okay. Interesting choice.
1: Yeah, the first almost half of it is a bit of a snore because it goes into all of the detail about the local council disputes and Marv's uh. beef with everybody, which I've saved you all from. But then it picks up speed and it gets into some really cool, insightful stuff. Like it shows you how Marv built the armor while he was living in what used to be oh, yeah. his muffler shop. He'd work at night when no one was at work at the businesses next door and he'd shit in his bucket and he'd watch the same two (laughs) movies over and over again. Every night Robocop and A Man Apart, which stars Vin (gasps) Diesel getting revenge on his enemies. And fun fact just before Marv welded himself into the killdozer, he shaved off his head so that he looked like Vin Diesel when he went no. and got revenge on his enemy. What a
0: loser. What a
1: loser. There's also a book that Patrick Brower, the former editor of Sky High News, wrote and he did call it Oh, killdozer. the one who was
0: in the building and saw the tank approaching. Yeah.
1: Yep. So he goes into a lot of detail with all sorts of different eyewitness accounts of the attack. Um, So get into that if you're keen to really dive into the detail of this thing. And like I said, there's heaps of content out there on YouTube, loads of articles that have been written. We'll post some links. But that is just the gist of Marv Heemeyer's Killdozer, which he called the the MK tank and the $7 million mantrum that he threw.
0: Wow, uh, this is just why are men? Why? I mean, I know why because society has set up a toxic system where toxic masculinity raises men to feel like they have to be a certain way, and then when things are oh, okay, I could go. You know, mm-hmm. I could go on and on about gender dynamics, I won't. But the point is this man reminded me very much of um, we have had to get a little serious here in the last, I mean, it happens all the time, but particularly in the last 12 months, anyone in Australia could name and tell you in detail about the men who have murdered their wives and children in vicious abusive attacks of anger and narcissism and abuse. And he reminds me exactly of that. And that's why I asked you, like, you know, does he, does he have a wife? Is he an incel? Like, because honestly, I feel like if he had been married with children, he would have taken this anger out on them Mm -hmm. and not on the town. You know what I mean? It's all the same. It's just narcissistic men who feel like the world owes them something but the world is now changing where straight white men are no longer at the top of the pyramid. We are now embracing feminism. We're embracing diversity. We're embracing a world where there is more equality. And the men who once didn't have to do anything to be at the top are now finding that things are changing and they aren't alpha dogs anymore and they don't know how to handle it. Mm. And so they react in this toxic, abusive awful way. And it just, yeah, I I truly do think that if he hadn't have done this, he he would have done it to people close to him. So it's very lucky that he was so awful. He didn't have anyone close to him Mm. because he would have done it to them. Mm. What a piece of shit. What a piece
1: of shit. Look, I mean, everything that you read and watch about him is biased one way or the other. And like What I've just presented to you is very heavily biased against him because, yes, I do think he was a piece of shit based on everything Mm. that I've read and watched about him. I think that he was just destructive and violent and I think he was the type of person that was totally unwilling to ever see anyone else's point of view. And he put himself at the centre of everything and either made himself the victim or made himself the hero. And I have... No sympathy for him really and truly and I think that it's a good thing that um, he, yeah, didn't have a family. That He did have a lot of friends though who still defend him and who mm. really miss him. Um, but oof, I don't think that they got to see all sides of bav really. He,
0: he... Drove that tank at that town hall, knowing that there was a library there that was probably filled with children. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had no way of knowing it had been evacuated. Like he was, he was a monster. He was a narcissistic piece of shit.
1: One hundred percent. And the people who defend him,
0: he is—he is just lucky
1: that no one died. He's
0: lucky that no blind. one died.
1: Blind. Luck. He shot yeah. at those propane tanks and he could have yeah. killed hundreds of people if he'd been successful in doing that. Yeah. And, and, I mean, that was clearly something that was premeditated that he'd thought about doing. Like he wanted to of cause course. maximum damage. He was concerned for no one's welfare. He just wanted the, you know, Vin Diesel movie type giant explosion to happen in his little fantasy.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, look... That was really funny right up until you start thinking slightly deeper about it. And then you're like, "Ah, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> but I will say that... The the enduring image of like an incredibly destruct a destructive tank going at about two kilometers an hour with people just walking very slowly <laughs> behind it like <laughs> who can't do anything it's so that is good. very funny to me it is so, very funny to me it is the epitome of that Austin Powers scene with the steamroller <laughs> like what can you do what can you do
1: yeah and that's funny to watch it in real time wait till you watch it at sped up time. As well. <laughs> and like with uh, Benny Hill, uh, music no! set behind it. Oh,
0: yeah. no. oh my God, that's so funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. All right. That was really good. Okay. So this has felt weird because we've literally recorded that massive breaking news app, then my app about Biosphere 2, mm-hmm. then this app. We've literally done that all in the last few hours in marathon. one big chunk. It's been a marathon. And then next week will be business as usual. Next week from when this drops because yep. this is the future. <laughs> we're talking to you from the past. Anyway, we'll be back to normal. Uh, it's my turn next week, so I'll come up with something. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. See you then. Bye.
1: Bye.